G'day everyone, welcome back to For the Love of Brick, a fortnightly podcast where I talk to people from all over the world about their love of Lego. This is your first time here, welcome! And if you've been listening for a while, welcome back! This week I had the pleasure to chat with Nathan Sawaya. I was so honoured and excited when Lego Masters US reached out to me to interview Nathan. I, like most people, am an absolute fan of Nathan's. I remember seeing the art of the brick when I was still in my dark ages and thinking, wow, how did he make Lego into art and how did he come to do this for a living? Well, this week I found out that and a whole lot more. We talked about his beginning, his inspiration, what it's like to build Lego for a living and how he was received by the art community. We also go in-depth about his Lego Masters US journey and what it's like to build for TV. Now, I only had 40 minutes with him, so I made it count. Believe me when I say I could have fanboyed a whole lot more, and hopefully I'll get to interview him more in the future. Like always, I learned so much about the brick and what makes people play with it and build with it. Now, to all of my listeners who have access to US LEGO Masters, give it a watch, and don't just appreciate the wonderful builds the contestants do, Also keep a keen eye on all the wonderful art that Nathan and his team have created for the show. Because believe me, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But look, that's enough from me. So sit back and enjoy today's episode of For the Love of Brick. G'day Nathan, how are you today? I'm well, thanks for having me today. No, thanks for coming on. Um, massive fan. Uh, I went and saw your The Art of the Brick back in Melbourne uh, at the Exhibition oh. Centre. That was a while ago. That was a while ago. <laughs> I was um, a young lad back then. Yeah, and wow. before I was an AFOL. Um, and yeah, no, I, yeah, it just, it's burnt in my mind. It was, I remember <laughs> seeing it and just going, wow, this is seriously awesome. Um, Thank you very much. Appreciate that. For anyone that has been living under a rock <laughs> or that's, that's new to Lego and doesn't know of you, um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Uh, I am an artist that works with Lego bricks. I started years ago. In fact, I used to be a lawyer and oh. I would come home at night and need some sort of creative outlet. Sometimes it was drawing or painting, and sometimes it was sculpting, and I I sculpted out of different materials. And one day I just thought, what about this toy from my childhood? Could I create (laughs) sculpture using Lego bricks? So I started experimenting, uh, put a little website together as my virtual gallery, and eventually left the law firm behind to become a full-time artist that plays with toys. Oh, nice. And when you got your bricks for like, let's say your first your first building and you're like, oh, let's, let's give it a crack. Um, right. Where did you get, was it like a set you bought or? Well, I had Lego bricks as a kid. Yep. I had, uh, I had my own little Lego city. Uh, in, it was my little respite. I would go after school and play in my little Lego city. And uh, so I, I had bricks from my youth and uh, my folks had sent them out to my apartment in New York city. So I had, I had a closet full of Lego bricks uh, waiting to be used. Uh, and it's worked out rather well uh, because I, I've made a career out of it. Yeah. And, and to go from lawyering, which would, as you said, would be a um, very steady income to becoming yeah. an artist. Um, what was sort of the, 
not the defining moment, but what sort of triggered the jump for you to go, you know what, I can, I can do this because no one else is. Yeah, there was a few things happening in my life. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't happy as a lawyer and, um, and it was a big transition though, going from, as you said, steady income, going from this, this very secure lifestyle to, to who knows what. Um, I think part of it was, so I had this website and it crashed one day from too many hits. And it was a real <laughs> moment when I realized, wow, there really is something to this. Cause I was doing full days at the law firm and then six hours at night taking on commission work. So oh, wow. I knew there was a market there for art out of Lego. And I just decided at that point to make that transition and leave the law firm behind completely. Oh, sweet. And with your first exhibition, um, right. did you approach them or had they seen your, your work and they're like, let's get you in? Like, how did, how did, that, how did that sort of yeah. come about, if you don't mind me asking? It was the Lancaster Museum of Art and they approached me and said, you know, we've seen some of your art online. Uh, would you be interested in putting a, a solo exhibition together? And I jumped at the chance. I, I mean, how unique. Here was this opportunity to do a solo art exhibition, which I assumed would be my last art exhibition. This was 2007. <laughs> I kind of treated it like a wedding. I invited all my friends and family from around the country. I threw a big rehearsal dinner the night before it opened, you know, the whole thing. And I really didn't expect it to go much further than that. And fortunately, uh, the crowds and the audience showed up. In fact, the, the, that museum annually did like 35,000. That was what they averaged over yep. the year. And they did 25,000 just in the six weeks that my show was there. So quickly realized <laughs> there's something to this. This type of art is going to reach an audience in a way that other types of art might not. Yep. Because it's made out of this child's toy that we're all familiar with globally, you know, around the world, everyone knows this toy. And it, it immediately started something. And that's how the Art of the Brick began. It was, it was not even two dozen sculptures. And it's grown over the year to five different touring exhibitions. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and all right, this is a really topical question. How has, how has COVID affected you? Like <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> The pandemic has not been kind to exhibitions and museum shows. Yep. It's been a little tough. Uh, globally, it's been tough. Uh, you know, we've tried to work where we can when places are opening up and whatnot. Right now, I have uh, a fairly large exhibition. so over 120 works here in Los Angeles, where I'm based, yep. at the California Science Center. So that's very exciting. That's been doing really well uh, okay. as California has opened up. But it's just it's been it's been awkward. Yep. to say the least try and get exhibitions moving yeah the art industry has really copped it i'm i'm in the art industry as well live theater and yeah right. it's yay yeah, um and you're a lego certified professional and a True. lego master builder yes how do you train for that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if one trains for it. You just kind of get tapped on the shoulder one day. Um, no, I mean, it's it's practice, right? It's practice yeah. with Lego. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just hours and hours and hours of working with Lego. And um, the, the certified professional situation is an interesting thing. It's, it's really focusing on folks who have created a business by using the Lego brick. Yep. And it's, again, something where Lego came to me and said, hey, we're starting this program. Do you want to be a part of it? 
And uh, it was it was a great opportunity to keep that communication with the company and really have a dialogue with them. Because before that, I mean, the first real real the first real communication I had with the Lego Group was a cease and desist. So it was nice to have more of oh. a dialogue uh, that was a little more open um, rather than dealing with lawyers. <laughs> Having been a lawyer uh, yeah. and, and having been a lawyer at the time when I received it, I wasn't too worried. In fact, it did open that door to that communication. So it was in the end a good thing. But, yeah. it, you know, it was interesting at the time. Well, there goes that question. I was going to say, how did Lego respond to you when you, you came out with the art of the brick? Yeah, and it wasn't that the art of the brick was something they were terrified of or whatnot. It was more about, you know, making sure I knew how to use their logo properly. Uh, I, you know, it is the art of the brick. It's not the art of Lego for yep. a reason. Um, but also having that dialogue, again, with how to, you know, use trademarks, logos. Uh, and now it's become a great relationship. It's a business relationship. You know, I buy all my Lego bricks just like everyone else. It's yep. very much a business relationship. But it's a good relationship, a good relationship to have. And I get to go to Denmark every every so often and nice. say hi. Yeah, I've spoken to a few people that, um, you know, use Lego as art. Um, Amiko, uh, one of my recent uh, guests, and who does Lego jewelry. And, yeah, she was saying that unlike other toy brands, Lego is very welcoming as long as, you know, you know, you're not doing damage to their product, basically. Yeah, I mean, you res I respect that they want to protect their brand. That's yeah. that makes perfect sense to me. And and uh, but they are very good with their, you know, with they have very good relationships with their fans, as as it's shown, you know, by what by by so many ways, like anything from Lego ideas to to other you know other programs they've they've put out there because they have this great relationship with with their fans. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yay. Um, and let's go on to sort of the um, the technical side of it. Sure. What's your sort of process for building and has it changed over the years? So oh, like for sure. It's changed. Yeah. I mean, it started uh, where everything I built, I built two of because I was doing these, um, you know, these maquettes sometimes, these models. Uh that were unglued and then I would go back and glue it uh, where now as I glue as I go, it's a very different process. I mean, you know, the process starts of course with the idea. Yes. Uh, inspiration is key. Yes. As I mentioned earlier, having the multiple exhibitions uh, prior to this year meant I got to travel a lot, which was key. Getting to go to different locations, visit different people, you know, experience different cultures. I use that as a basis sometimes for inspiration. Other times it's just wandering around and something pops in your head. Uh, once you have that idea, of course, it's it's all brick by brick. It's uh, planning it out. You know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, just in my head, a lot of times it's mapping it out. You know, I use a computer for uh you know, human body positioning at times. It just depends. Yep. Uh, I glue as I go, as I said, which some people have an issue with gluing Lego bricks. <laughs> but having the exhibitions tour everywhere, of course, requires me to glue everything. Otherwise, it would just be a mess yeah. um, because they, I got to ship these everywhere. Yeah. You'd be traveling. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and that means the hammer and chisel does have to come out. Uh, you know, I have a, a chisel right here in my hand, by, in fact, because when those mistakes happen and, and they do happen and things are glued together, I, I have to chisel it apart. And under 
my desk here, there's a bucket full of mangled Lego bricks that have been destroyed because of <laughs> mistakes and gluing and chiseling and hammers and whatnot. Yeah, so it's not just children's teeth that ruin bricks. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there's adult teeth too. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was about to say with the pandemic has, as you said, like, and I'm the same, um, walking around, being outside, doing things like that. That's where you get your inspiration from. Has it sort of hindered your inspiration or are you like, nah, I got Netflix. I can watch a doco. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a way it has. I mean, one of the projects I just finished working on was called Pernicium, where we were taking sculptures I did of endangered species around the world. We we're photographing them, you know, in their environments. And so that had to stop completely. Uh, fortunately, we were at a good stopping point when uh, when the pandemic unfortunately hit but um so that was a problem that was a big problem um but you know i do have a backlog of ideas yeah uh and there's always folks always telling me you know what you should build uh so i have that list too which is a mile long so i i i wasn't too stressed i'm always coming up with new ideas and there's always other things to work on usually in the studio just alone there's you know two to three projects going on plus there's always commission work i i do get requests from folks uh from time to time to build this or build that so there's that work to do as well so i kept busy yep. also during the pandemic uh, we worked on a little show called Lego Masters season yes, two, get, yeah, which was something else to work on while I was uh, while the pandemic was going on, and and that was a way to just focus on building what was needed for the show, and that's you know a very different process from looking for inspiration. That's more focused on exactly what they need. Yeah, because I was going to say, um, how did Lego Masters come about? Like, and and how have you found it? Well, so I think Lego Masters, the, well, the first iteration I, I worked on was the first iteration ever, and that was out of the UK. Yes. And I that was, one. that was uh, Tuesday's Child was the company behind that. Um, and that, that was a success, and I had fun. I was part of the auditioning stages, so it really didn't make much of the TV show, but it was fun being with all these teams uh, as they, I think we started the first episode with like 50 teams. I mean, it was massive and, <laughs> and trying to narrow that down to something that an audience could keep track of like uh, yeah. 10 or 12 teams. So that's how it started. And uh, that was a really great experience. And then, then it came to the United States and Endemol Shine uh, from North America reached out and said, Hey, would you like to be a part of it? And so that worked out really well. I was happy to jump on board and really challenge myself in a way that was very different because mainly because of just working in TV is not something as an artist I was used to. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, do you have to build differently for working on TV? Like as in considering lighting and everything like that? Or is it like, Oh no, I don't consider lighting. That's not my problem. There's people <laughs> who handle that. There's yep. very good people who handle that because when I watch the show, the stuff looks amazing. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, the, the issues uh, as a as an artist or a Lego builder for production wise, it's really about timing. I mean, yep. that's the big thing. You know, season one was a real eye opener because I had never had to work under that type of pressure where someone says, hey, we need X or Y. And the episode starts in two days. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm used to like having a few weeks to build something like that, uh, yeah. but I, I couldn't you know, work at my pace. I really had to pick it up. 
season two brought its own challenges because well, the pandemic was a big part of it, but also, so season one, uh, we shot the US version in season one, we shot it in Los Angeles and my art studio is here in Los Angeles yep. and the set was a mere 10 minutes away. So if someone needed something, I could build it here in my art studio and go over to set, it wasn't a big deal. Season two in the US, we shot it in Atlanta. My art studio stayed here in Los Angeles. <laughs> So that's a bit of a drive. It's a few days drive. Uh, so it wasn't uh, wasn't as as comfortable as just popping over to set. It meant, you know, having to pack things up very carefully, put them in overnight boxes and ship it out. Or sometimes, you know, we'd have trucks running back and forth between my studio and the Atlanta set. And so not only is there that normal time pressure of TV, now we have to pack it. You know, we had to think about that shipping time as well. Yeah, logistics. Wow. Logistics. That's what gets you logistics. That, that's it. The yeah, the the driving, um, traffic, <laughs> traffic, weather. Weather was a big one. We had a winter storm uh, in Texas, which yes. is is between Atlanta and LA on the way, and we had trucks that were stuck. And I mean, it was uh, there was some high drama behind the scenes this year. I was about to say. So that day it was no Lego Masters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything worked out because we we do build in a bit of padding, of course, but yeah. it's it's just it's just a little bit stressful. But you know, uh, we rose to the challenge, and, and now we have a great season. Well, that's it exactly. Um, I live in Australia, so I don't really get to see it. <laughs> right, right. But well, um, you've I seen Ryan's see pictures. You've seen, you've seen uh, Lego Masters Australia, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, I massive mean, fan. Um, yeah, of course. And do you do you help with the challenges and so forth, like with the timing well, and stuff? Or yeah, definitely the timing is where I have a role in just consulting, right? Yep. Uh, in just being having those conversations of, you know, here are the contestants; they're going to have to build this. How much time do they, do we want to give them? How much time do they need? And and it's a real balancing act because we want them to produce something amazing, right? It's TV; yep. we want it to be fantastic. But also, we want them under pressure, yep. and so you have to find that 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 right point where they're constantly under pressure, but they still have time to build that amazing creation. And and that was just you know, it's it's all hypothetical guesses in the end, but it worked out because we did see the contestants under pressure, but also producing some really amazing stuff. Yeah. Um. So, what was one of the? Um. We can go for season one because everyone's seen it. Um, sure. <laughs> don't want spoilers. Um, what was one of the th the the hardest thing for you to build? Um, let's say for season one, or the, or one of the 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 points that sort of stuck out for you. Let's say that. Well, I mean, there was a bunch of different challenges that that posed challenges <laughs> in, my, <laughs> in my art studio. Um, Anything that, you know, requires a lot of scale, you know, large scale building that's brought to you with less time than you need is is the real challenge. Uh, so sometimes there were some late nights. I'm trying to think of anything specific. I mean, there was the mega city. It was a challenge, just the sheer number of buildings needed for episode one or yeah. episode uh, five, I think it was of season one. Uh, I say episode one because there's some more buildings in season two, episode one. Um, <laughs> and those are different buildings. 
you know, anytime you're doing a lot of buildings or a lot of anything, it requires, it, it can be a challenge. I will say this about season two without giving away anything is that uh, this season uh, we did build the largest thing I've ever built for, for Lego masters. And it measures about 18 feet by 11 feet. And so that that's pretty massive for, yeah. for, for Lego masters. Uh, and when I say we, there's just two of us. It's myself and Brandon Griffith. We are the only two people on my team. Uh, because of COVID, we couldn't bring in other people to work in the studio. And so COVID protocols kind of prevented that. Whereas in season one, when we got stuck, like on the on the mega city, when it was we we're running out of time, we could bring in a few other folks to help us build buildings, yep. generic buildings, pretty straightforward, bring in some folks. This season, we didn't have that. And so we were really on our own when it came to, to building everything, uh, which... It was really exciting at times. Yeah, I was about to say, you were doing your own challenges. It really was. I mean, we, we, we talked about like, boy, we should be shooting all of this. And it's an entire other type of show yeah. <laughs> of, yeah. of Lego building challenges. <laughs> Lego you know. stresses. That's what we'll call that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lego stress masters. Yes. <laughs> um, and how are your fingers? <laughs> ah. They've recovered. I mean, I, I'm always building, right? I've been building straight yeah. since, you know, for 15, 20 years now. So they're, they're fine. They, they're, they're pretty calloused at this point. Um, and when we're going to backtrack with um, when you first started doing Lego art mm -hmm. as an artist. Right. Because um, I'm not going to say you weren't an artist before because you were painting and sculpting. Sure. How did the art community react to... Uh, Great to question. someone coming into their world with a toy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had some snickers. I had some, some people kind of giggling at me, some people who, um, I mean, I would go to art galleries and they would be, uh, I think a bit confused when I said, Oh, I do Lego art because that was not a, a term. Lego art yeah. was not a term. When, when I said that, uh, I think in their minds, they were picturing what they saw at toy stores right? You know, yep. the castle set, a, a train set. And so I was like, it, it took a while for the art community to really understand, like, no, this is a, this is like putting emotion into these sculptures. This is more than just, you know, the Lego set. This was something, you know, trying to create something other than that. And uh, so, yeah, I had some doors kind of shut in my face, but, you know, that's the process. I remember the first time I got a a review, a critical review of one of my shows where a critic had come in and reviewed my art show and gave it a pretty harsh review. I was so happy because at least the critic was taking it seriously. You know, they uh. liked some pieces, they hated some other pieces, um, and yet they took it seriously. And that was a real big step for me. And it's just grown. And now you see there's so many Lego artists out there. Uh, it has been a real, you know, Lego art movement. Um, from where, where it was 20 years ago to where it is now is amazing. Yeah, well, that's it exactly. You know, there's even a term for us now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what are some of the challenges um, being like in your in your industry? Let's say that. Like, what, what are some of the challenges you've, even, even on Lego Masters, like just in yeah. general, what challenges you, Nathan? Well, I mean, there's so many, <laughs> right? I mean, challenges... <laughs> Are, are part of what we deal with yeah. as artists who work with Lego breaks. Uh, I mean, 
you can go back to talking about, you know, art galleries and people taking you seriously when they find out you work with a toy to clients who may not really grasp the process or, or understand like how Lego bricks work. I've had plenty of clients ask me to build X or Y and I say, happy to do it. And they're like, well, I want it in this color. And I'm like, well, that's not a color that Lego makes. You know, they get very specific sometimes. Yeah. Maybe uh, it, it's something, you know, for a branding or sometimes it's just that's what their their house needs. They want this color. And and I'm like, that's not how it works. And, that, and <laughs> so there's this, this explanation of like, if, you know, it's, I'm not a painter. I can't take a yellow brick and a blue brick and smash them together and get a green brick. That's yep. not how it works. I mean, you can do you can do some layering and, and some pixeling, you know, there to get that feel of that color. But you're you you are really limited to the palette that is that is determined by a toy company. Yeah. Uh, and as that toy company has changed over the years, it's been great for us as as artists because we do get a wider palette, and the company definitely recognizes art as a viable program. I mean, they have now Lego art as yeah. something they, they sell as sets, which was, you know, again, unheard of years ago. But this is this is how the company's changing, but also how the palette then changes, how how products change that affects the palette. And that's another thing, you know, explaining to non Lego fans like, listen, if there's no purple uh, in any of the sets this year, I can't buy purple bricks. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you can get, you know, limited supplies, but. I'm I'm buying by the hundreds of thousands, and if Lego's not making purple because there's no purple in their sets this year, that's not that's not a, available to me. Yeah, and that's you know that's kind of something that other artists probably don't deal with, right? Yeah. Color yeah, color it. is a weird issue. Yeah, I was about to say, have you ever went? I need teal. I'm going to do a Lego ideas set made of bricks. <laughs> So I can get teal in there. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've built some things where I've had to, um, you know, compromise on color. We'll say because it yeah. it, it they, the the palette is not allowed to be exactly where I want it to be. Yeah. And now, years later, I look back at certain things, some some pieces that are in the art of the brick, where I'm like, ah, I could redo that with better color these days, you know. <laughs> but but do I want to go back and change the art at this point? Uh, it's it's interesting. I, I play with that thought though sometimes because the palette has has expanded over the years. Yeah, and with um, who who's your inspiration? Like, as in, where do you? What sort well, of art ins uh, inspiration? I don't know. Like, I mean, I look to Anthony Gormley a lot. Anthony yep. Gormley is a sculptor. You know, he does a lot of human forms. Um, uh, and he was someone who inspired me very early on. Tom Friedman's another one. Tom yep. Friedman is a sculptor who, um, when I was making the transition from lawyer to artist, I was, you know, questioning that move. And I was reading a book of his art, you know, and uh, it, I was looking at these, these amazing sculptures he's done out of plastic cups, toothpicks, you know, very household items. And I thought, wow, if he can do this, I, you know, there's an opportunity, maybe I can do it out of Lego bricks. Um, yeah. So I looked at those two. The great thing about Tom Friedman was, I, I mentioned that story in an interview uh, a couple of years ago. And out of the blue, I got an email and he came by the art studio, uh, you know, to say <laughs> hi, which was very cool because it had come full circle at that point, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And then he's like, don't ever mention me in your, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> talk about me. Um, do you um, who who's your most surprising fan? If you're allowed to reveal that fan, like that, you're like, well, I did not think you would you would <laughs> like my gear. Yeah. <laughs> there's a couple of people i i i can't say um yep. under some okay. nda <laughs> um no I, I i don't know i don't know uh it's it's weird uh this this career this job has taken me so many places and allowed me to meet so many people that i never ever dreamed of yeah um just it's been amazing that this toy this this toy that was something from my childhood that I had loved so much would then take me so many places around the world. I mean, I've, I've been able to meet presidents and royalty and just the crazy celebrities from all over. And it's just insane that this all happened because of Lego bricks. <laughs> so I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm just overwhelmed at, at how far this brick has taken me. Yeah. Do you ever stand yeah. in your show, like as in go to your shows and sort of go incognito, like, you know, undercover boss? Yeah. Oh, to... all the time. I love that. I love to go in and then be like, don't touch. No, <laughs> um, I, I love I love going into the shows and seeing people's reaction, especially people who don't know what to expect. I think, you know, uh, there is this still this this sense of, oh, it's a Lego show. What could this really be? And then in having them engage with the art and actually see what what's going on and, and seeing their reaction is really fun. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, they come out of it inspired themselves. Yeah. And um, do you ever uh, get feedback from the public? Like, does anyone ever email you or on your Instas or anything like that? Be like, Oh, I love oh, your yeah, show. Yeah. You know? All the time, all the time, which is really nice. It's, it's surreal in a way. I mean, cause it's, I, I, I do love interacting with folks, um, which is weird. Cause I'm kind of an introvert. I made a job where I would just sit alone building in my room with no one around me, but there is this, this give and take with the audience that is very fun. Um, and, and folks do, uh, comment on the work all the time. Some, some critical, some not, uh, but for the most part, you know, people have good things to say about it. I mean, the show has been on the road for a few years now, so yeah. uh, a lot of opinions have come out for it. Uh, but yeah, I, I welcome that. Well, I was about to say, they say you haven't made it until you get your first, a down, down vote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we've all had a few of those, so yeah. we know. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You're like, I made it. Someone that doesn't like me <laughs> went to the pressure exactly. of doing something. Um, so um, you obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about Lego Masters before we run right. out of time. But um, you've got four Guinness World Records. Yeah, what are they crazy. for? And do you have them on speed dial or something? <laughs> You're like, hang on, I've got <laughs> something for you. No, uh, they, they've come to me each time, which is, which is really nice. Uh, no, uh, let's see. What, the first one was for the uh, Lego... T-Rex skeleton. Yep. But at the time, they did not have the approval of Lego to use the word Lego in the world record. Yep. So it says the world's largest plastic block interconnecting interconnecting <laughs> plastic block skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> nice. Something to that. Yeah, that that's a mouthful. Yep. Uh, the largest Lego Batmobile Ooh, nice. is one of them. 
the largest Lego superhero exhibition. Nice. <laughs> sure, we'll take it. Yeah. And uh, recently, recently, well, I guess it was a couple of years ago, 2000, October of 19, uh, Brandon Griffith and I built the, so the television show Friends yep. was celebrating its 25th anniversary. And they asked us, Warner Brothers asked us to build the entire Central Park, the coffee shop, yep. life size, uh, which required about a million bricks. So we're doing everything, the whole coffee bar, yep. all the machinery, whatever the couches, the tables, the chairs, the high tops, the other furniture, all of that, about a million bricks. So we got a world record for that. Um, wow. World record setting Lego TV set or something <laughs> to that TV show set. Anyway, so yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Again, never would have dreamed of it in a million years. Yeah. But yeah, there's been some world records. How long did that one take, the a million bricks? Like, was that like a... Oh, man. Well, we powered through in about four months. Uh, oh and that's God. all we worked on. We just yep. powered through. And, wow. and, you know, and we had to build them in a way we knew the public was going to interact with them and be able to sit on the couches and sit at yep. the tables. So everything had to be built, not only to look exactly like the show, but also to be able to withstand people interacting with them. Yeah. So, which is, you know, sometimes in my artwork from museums, I don't think of that aspect. It's more about just getting the art to look the way I want it. My hope is that it just stays as is and people aren't touching it. But when you build for knowing people are going to be touching it, that's a very different thing, yeah. which brings me back to Lego Masters. Same thing. You know, you're building stuff for the set that, you know, you know that the contestants are going to be building upon. Yeah. So it's that same thing. You have to have this different mindset of how we put it together, how because, of course, the last thing we'd want is for us to build something that the contestants are using and it falls apart or, or gives an advantage or disadvantage to a team because yeah. of the way we built it. Yeah. So that's always in the back of our minds, of course. Yeah, yeah something breaks and you're like, cat, cat. <laughs> um, I asked this of everyone, um, favorite or strongest Lego memory? Well, I mean, I have a lot, of course. Um, <laughs> But it probably goes back to my youth, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah that's that, yeah. that's where it all starts. You know, I I remember. I mean, <laughs> I remember getting my first set Christmas morning. It was a Universal set. I think it's one one four. Which you know, it has a lot of tires and and some doors and windows. So you could just build whatever. That's yep. what kicked it off when I was like five years old. I remember Main Street, um, where you could build the hotel and the the other building, and and that was a great set from from Legoland town series back then. But um, memory wise, you know, I had this Lego city and I wanted to get a dog when I was about 10 years old. And my folks said, you can't get a dog. So I tore down my Lego city and built myself a life-size dog. Oh, wow. And that, that was one of those moments, those aha moments, right? When you realize, wow, you can build anything with this toy. It doesn't have to be just what's on the front of the box. Sweet, I like that. You're like a life-size dog. And is it touring with any of your experience? <laughs> no, 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 it's long gone. It was, yeah. it's very colorful, very, you know, I was, I was 10. It was very boxy. Yeah. So I called it a boxer. But Nice. <laughs> Look at you doing, doing dad jokes <laughs> at the age of 10. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. And. How do you think you would go on Lego Masters 
yourself. <laughs> I'd be destroyed. I would, uh, I, I, look, I've had to go through two seasons of behind the scenes building under time pressure and it is the worst. Yep. So I can't imagine to be building under time pressure, but also have TV cameras, Will Arnett as a host in your face. I mean, between all of that, there's, I'd be done first week. Forget it. it. It's, 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 I think those contestants are, are so amazing to go through what they do and still produce fantastic works of art. And that's why I'm happy where I am behind the scenes, <laughs> building in my studio, just me, my dog. I'm good. Thank yeah. you. I was about to say, and you're like, I've already got the title anyway. Like a master. <laughs> yeah, I'm good there. <laughs> yep. um, and when you're on set uh, mm -hmm. building, like, you know, because you, you have to put things together, do you get Wilna, Will Arnett in your face? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, fortunately. No. So most of the building I do is going to be at my studio here. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't allow Will to visit. No, Will, Will's never visited the studio, fortunately. And, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine building here more than on set. When I'm on set, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's probably not a good reason if I'm on set. That means something Something's needs wrong. a little bit of work. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, it has been lovely chatting with you today um i i could do this all day i'm sure we could delve way deeper um if you've ever got free time most welcome to hit me up again <laughs> all right we'll do another one some some other time for sure no this has been a lot of fun thank you for making it happen no thank you well that's it for this week's episode of for the love of brick i hope you enjoyed it Go check out Nathan's exhibitions if you're allowed outdoors or head to brickartist.com to check out his past and current creations. You can also find him on Instagram. Just type in Nathan Sawaya, S-A-W-A-Y-A. And don't forget to watch season two of Lego Masters US. If you'd like the podcast, feel free to check out some of our other episodes. If you'd like to get in contact, message on fortheloveofbrick at gmail.com or message me on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Until next time, keep on loving the brick.